This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. Cola B. Talkin is a gardener and the hostess and head creative of a podcast and media platform known as Black in the Garden, based in Columbia, South Carolina. Black in the Garden came online in November of 2019 and has since informed, entertained, and grown listeners through more than 30 episodes which, as she states, reside at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture in a world where all the garden fairies and most of the gnomes are white. As a millennial black plant enthusiast and self-proclaimed plantrepreneur, Cola is a voice which confidently declares that conversations will be had on a range of topics that directly influence and impact black plant keepers as they blackly impact and influence the world. Welcome, Cola. I'm so pleased to be speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. So, you know, I just gave your like credentials as they read, um, as they all of our credentials read across a, a piece of paper. What do you do, Cola? And what what is your current relationship with plants professionally and personally in your life right now? Well, that is, that always feels like a loaded question to me because the first answer I give is I'm a hyper creative. And that means that I'm just interested in all the things. And it's for gardening to stick as the thing that I actually landed on and settled on is a huge deal with that in mind. But uh, yeah, definitely a hyper creative, um, obviously, having created a podcast. And that's another thing that stuck. So I'm excited about that. Because <laughs> I've tried so many different things in the past. But uh, of course, doing a, a culture based gardening podcast, that allows me to really l- literally sit at the intersection of my interests. So uh, what I do besides podcasting, you know, I really had to give that some thought. And with the, the way that the world has shifted with COVID and stuff, if you would have asked me this back in February, it would have been a totally different answer. So at this point, I've had to really, you know, pivot just like everybody has and figure out like, well, what is very important to me and what am I going to do going forward? So at this point, the best way that I can put it is my main mission outside of podcasting when it comes to gardening and my relationship with plants is to connect Black kids, Black youth to the earth via gardening and plants and, you know, just all things nature. And I just want to do that in ways that are creative and culturally relevant to them because there's a misconception that Black kids are not interested in in horticulture and things of that nature, but that's a matter of access and, you know, resources being available. So I just want to, you know, in my IRL life, as I call it, you know, (laughs) in real life, (laughs) when I'm out and about in Columbia or whatever uh, place that I might be, you know, hanging my hat, I would like to make sure that I am engaging in a way that is bringing that interest into the forefront for Black youth. I um, I love it. I, I love how its heart comes out in your podcast. So 
I want to get into so much of what you just talked about there, but I want to go back just a little bit for listeners to hear a little bit more about you and where, you know, where you were born and raised and who were the people and plants and places that grew you into a woman and a mother and a gardener and a creative and a communicator who would hold this particular seed as your highest value. Wow. Oh, okay. So where, where should I start? Should I start with, I was born in 1983 in Tifton, Georgia. <laughs> That's, uh, that is where I entered this earthly realm. Uh, I didn't live in Tifton. Um, I was actually, I was actually raised by relatives uh, of my biological mom. I wasn't raised by her. So that's how I end up using terms like that. Mm -hmm. But basically being raised in a military household. So I ended up spending most of my formative years being raised in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's, that's the condensed way. Because of course, if I indicate that there was a, you know, a military element to my upbringing, then it's like, well, I lived over here and I lived over there. We're not going to get into all that, obviously, (laughs) for the sake of time. (laughs) So I remember, uh, let's see, growing up with uh, my parents who I I know them as um, people from from rural Georgia, uh, Fitzgerald to be specific. And so, yeah, just growing up and... I remember watching a lot of Looney Tunes and seeing that one name all the time, Mel Blank. Mel Blank. He did everything. I was just like, he's doing all the vo- he's doing all the voices, and so that got me interested in, you know, cartoon voiceovers or you know just being cartoons. Growing up and and ending up in college in Jacksonville, Florida, going to the University of North Florida. Um, spoiler alert: I dropped out, <laughs> but when I got there. I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with myself? And I had to figure out what my greatest talents and abilities were. And it was just talking like communication just from an early age. I remember being told by relatives like, oh, you just speak in such a proper type of way. And I just, that was all that always made me scratch my head. Cause I'm just like, I'm just, I just talk. This is what comes out when I say words. So knowing that I had a clear way of speaking and also having a very different perspective, I would find myself tuning into conversations and debates and things of that nature and just hot takes on what was happening in the world and hear politicians speak and all of that and bring a perspective that wasn't there. And it was my perspective, your side, but I can also see the other person's side and I can see how we can figure out a way to you know, like meet in the middle or something, you know what I mean? Just communication. I just know that that is, that has definitely been at like the baseline of my whole life. That has always been something that that I've been good at and that has been important to me. What I love about this portion of answer from any guest, most guests, right, is that it shows anybody who's listening, no matter how old they are, that some of the people we admire most in the world did not have a straight line to finding that thing that is 
their greatest joy and strength. Um, and it, it maybe wasn't always their greatest strength. Maybe it was something they had to work on a lot. But, um, you know, I took, I don't know, 10, 11 years to get through college in five different places. And um, <laughs> I sort of feel like if we just keep following um, what we love, ultimately the universe opens the doors it wants us to go through somehow. I don't know. That sounds sort wow. of flaky, but I, I really do believe, let I me, do believe let that. Let me speak on that. Okay. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And I'm just, I'm having a great time already. We're like, what, six minutes in? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, let's talk about this. Yeah. So you're making me think. So when I said that I dropped out of college, interestingly enough, as, as non-straight of a line as it can get, I was like, oh, I'm going to go drive trucks. So and, and I'm talking about 18-wheelers. I go off to Char Charlotte, North Carolina after seeing an ad in a newspaper. And I was like, oh, I can check off all those boxes. I just turned 21. I don't have a messed up driving record. I'm going to Charlotte. I'll be a truck driver. So I end up doing that, uh, you know, like I said, at the age of 21. And then I did it for a little while, uh, stopped doing it, came back in 2018 in a whole different point in my life. But by 2018, I was into gardening. I was very much like a gardener. And okay, so wait, that was where did that, wait, where did that come in? Like you, you just, you just over what, gardening. Yeah. Like you, you went from being oh, we're like, get there. okay, good. But this is, this is the fun part of, <laughs> of having a conversation yeah. with me. It's like, we're just buckle up. We're going to go a few different places, but we're going to get there. I'll okay, tie good. it all together for you. Okay, I good. promise. Okay. So yeah. Cause of course you're going to ask me, how did I get into gardening? Definitely. We're, we're going to, we're going to expound on it, but just basically like the, what you brought up for me was a moment that I had when I was driving trucks, which I really just mainly did it for survival reasons, because it was like, hmm, what is the thing that I can do? What is it that I am certified, qualified to do that will make me the most money at this point, which is what I needed at that time in my life. But having already committed my heart to gardening, you see what I mean? Yep. So I just remember there was a point when I was driving. So I'm driving and I have this it wasn't a realization. It wasn't an epiphany. It was just a, a moment when I said to the universe, like whatever it is that like, I just surrendered in that moment. And I was fired about like less than two weeks later from that job. <laughs> and don't feel sad for me no, in saying that I was I fired won't. because that is, a, that is I, right. I was relieved. I was just like, okay, so the windows closed. We're going to jump out the door or you know how that saying goes. Yep. But I, I just remember hearing stories like that where people would say that they did, there was a shift that happened where they, they made that proclamation that I am ready to have my passions be aligned with my purpose, but specifically stating it to the universe and how their life just turned upside down after that. Yeah. But it was, it was the universe aligning them, but yeah. surrendering to that. And then have and then getting fired after was like, whoo, didn't yeah. really want to do that anyway. Now I can spend more time in my garden. Yep. Yep. Okay. So take us, take us from there. Sure. Okay. So, hmm. so as I was trucking for about 18 months in between 2017 and 18, uh, what ended up happening was 
so much time, just so much time with all these podcasts that I already had come to love and enjoy. So I remember uh, Spotify gave me my analytics at the end of 2019. Um, for anybody who uses Spotify in particular, and I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, promote any brand. I'm just talking about my life. But what happens at the end of the year is it says, these are the artists that you listen to the most. This is what you were doing. Like it's breaking yeah. down your your usage. And so it told me that I had listened to like 1500 hours of podcasts. And I was just like, wow, wow. Okay. I was really taking it in. And so I had just listened to so many different kinds. As a gardener, I listened to multiple uh, different gardening podcasts. And I wish I would have known about cultivating place because I know I would have loved it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm new. I've, I've listened to a few episodes. I'm catching up. There we go. And now now we know. So there we go. Right. And I'm and I'm on it. So that, that's even more amazing. But what I did notice in the uh, gardening podcast that I was listening to was I was like, cool, this content, definitely good. But as far as the delivery and like the flavor and everything, I was like, I don't feel like this is speaking to me as a millennial black woman. You yep. know what I mean? Yes. And right. So I was involved in communities online where there were just groups full of black women who were like on Facebook, for example, who were talking about love gardening and all of the things surrounding that, but discussing it in a way that was so cultural, culturally relevant to me and just like fun and exciting. And just like with the jokes and the memes and, you know, just the way that we express ourselves and talking about our grandmothers and memas and all of that. And so I was like, I love that there is this digital community, but it's a bunch of tapping and liking and, and where's the voice? Me being the, the, the storyteller, the speaker that I am, having been raised by a really amazing storyteller, I just, that's when I started to feel compelled to put a voice to it. And that inkling started around, I want to say about 2017. Because I was definitely thinking about doing this podcast while I was driving trucks, but it, it hadn't really been like, it, I didn't have like the name for it, but I just knew that if I was going to go into it, I was going to take that angle. So it was, but it was very important just not hearing, you know, a voice that, that felt like it was home for me. Right. So I just, I always knew when it comes to anything, if you want it bad enough, make the show that you want to hear for yourself. So that's how Black in the Garden came what it is. Yay. I, I love it. Before we get deep into that, how did you get into gardening yourself? Oh, the, the simplest way that I can put that is I started to feel convicted about living a more sustainable life. And it came about with me, like there were things that I had already done before I ever started gardening or thought about gardening. But there were things like, I remember when I was about 19 or so, I went off to college. And as a Black woman, I had grown up, just as a Black girl, I had grown up with my hair having been processed with, you know, straighteners and things of that nature. And and coming into college and deciding, eh, not interested in that anymore. I want to have long, beautiful locks. Uh, we don't call them dreadlocks because that's like got a negative connotation. I don't. Per personally, but locks is 
you know, that's why I use that term, but I wanted to grow long, lustrous locks and, and things of that nature. And so I stopped perming my hair. We call that going natural. So that was one of the processes that kind of put me in the mindset that really put me on a path that would be like towards more natural interests. You see what I mean? Yes. And so then I end up uh, giving birth to my daughter, Isis, in 2012. And it was a natural birth. It was a home birth. We had a midwife and a doula. We had a water birth. And I was cloth diapering and breastfeeding and making granola from scratch. Like all the crunch... (laughs) I was crunching it. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> and I remember like I was I just got so deep into it. It was like attachment parenting, you know, and and skin to skin contact. And uh I remember making my own uh cleaning products with like the orange peels and the vinegar. And so that was like a super um what's the word I'm looking for? That was me really getting on like a very much deeper part of that journey where I was very much interested in like, Hey, so now I have this baby girl here and I want to make sure that I am doing things that are eliminating as much unnecessary kind of like chemicals and toxins from our lives as possible. So it was, really just a short matter of time before I got around to, you know, already thinking about organic ways of living and eating. So it was, it was only a matter of time before I figured it out. Hmm. So how are you going to grow your own food? And I saw a Facebook post that was talking about the ways that we can be more sustainable. And there, it was a list and it, one of the things said gardening. And it was many months later, maybe even a year or so before I was in a position where I felt like I could at least give it a try. And I I tried it and it was what I call a flop, but I tried. <laughs> and as far as growing things. So then I got into houseplants and I felt like I really, uh, what is the word? I cultivated my green thumb. I got more uh, empowered in my ability to grow things because houseplants were, it turns out, a better introduction to plants than me getting out there trying to figure out what to do with seeds and, you know, cucumber plants and can I transplant this or what am I doing with the soil? So eventually after getting into house plants pretty steadily, excuse me, steadily, I said, all right, I am, I'm gonna try to grow something again. And that went well. For the most part. But, you know, that was when I got more committed to figuring out, like, how do I grow my own food? I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place. Kola B. Talkin is the head creative and voice behind a podcast known as Black in the Garden. We'll be right back for more of her journey story as a gardener and that powerful voice. Stay with us. Hey, it's Jennifer. The voices we hear, the images we see, the conversations we listen to or even engage in ourselves, they construct the world as we know it in our brains, our hearts, in our fears and our aspiration. And that quote-unquote world as we know it can either constrain or engender all possibility from there. Representation matters. 
representations matter for the represented and the representers, for the listeners and the speakers, for the garden and the gardeners. Representation matters. As I listen, as I read, as I look, and as I cultivate my own garden, I need to be making sure I'm always asking myself, who is represented here? Whose voice, whose interests, whose benefit is represented? We are the gardeners. We, of all people, know in our bones that the healthiest and most resilient and beautiful gardens are those with the greatest representation of biodiversity. Interdependent, playing off of and balancing one another. A composition of community and collaboration that generates energy and life from energy and life. We're back now with Cola B. Talkin, creator of the Black in the Garden podcast, which launched into the world in November 2019. A hero of mine here on the West Coast, uh, Yolanda Burrell, who owns Pollinate Farm and Garden in Oakland, uh, says, you know, that one of the things she is trying to do in running this beautiful organic home and farm and garden store in Oakland is to remind people of what they already know is that it is in our DNA, mm. but still, even though it's in all of our DNA, somewhere back there that we we were land-based mm-hmm. people, we someone still has to show us how to do it. And you still have to learn and practice, and it's not a destination. And I just love that story because I motherhood definitely deepened my my gardening practice and this like really fierce desire to like make the world cleaner and simpler and better for these little people that we are shepherding. And once, you know, I, I'm, it sounds like it's very similar for you. Like once you want to offer this to your child, you see how important it is to offer it to all the children. Like this is our, this is our mandate. And, um, it is. Yeah, it is. And there was another part to, uh, another element to my desire to expose it to children outside of my own interests with my children is I thought back as I do on many things. And I thought back to what, how would my life have been different if this was something where I saw a black woman come in to my school setting, you know, and and it's important that it would have needed to be a black woman because I would feel that relation to her. Um, and let me just rewind a little bit because um, I mentioned um, in my formative years being very interested in Mel Blank as the voiceover artist. But it became that much more real to me when I remember watching Tiny Toons and finding out about Cree Summer being the voice artist behind uh, Elmira. And then I find out that she's Penny on Inspector Gadget. And then I find out oh my God, her IMDB is literally, you'll be there for days. So she's done so many and still to this day, Cree Summer, but seeing, knowing, oh my God, there is a black woman, Freddie from, um, from the show, uh, that came on after the Cosby show. Um, it was a different world. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Freddie from a different world. And then getting to see her on a different world after, listen, 
that was everything to me. So representation, you know, and that's a part of the theme of my podcast. Representation matters. So going back to my interest in connecting it with the children, it's if I would have seen a black woman that I would have felt that connection with coming in and being very enthusiastic about horticulture in any regard, showing me the beauty of what uh, seed germination, what it looks like, and, and just helping me to feel that it was something that was relevant in my life as a young person. How that could have changed the whole trajectory. I went to the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. I could have easily went just a couple hours west to Tallahassee to go to the uh, HBCU fam, uh, FAMU, which is an agricultural college. But, you know, that's not what happened. It's fine. It's fine. We figured it out. But that is also an, an, another reason why it's important for me to reach the kids is because I just know that, okay, well, I didn't have that. So perhaps I could be that to someone else's kids. So you say to yourself, I am going to, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to start this podcast. Tell us about how you start and develop the platform and start looking for guests, you know, guests. Wow. All of the, wow. It, it was a, it was a lot because <laughs> I did it by myself. Uh, I mentioned, you know, in our conversation before starting that I really wanted to have a co-host like really bad because I have the gift of gab. I love a good conversation. And if I have a co-host, then it's, it's like we're going back and forth, you know, as, as a single host podcast, you understand it's like all of this pressure is on you to either speak in a way that is very clear to articulate what you're getting across or to script it, you know, wanting to have a co-host, not to mention my favorite show that I was to do all the time that really into the, the possibilities of podcasting, uh, is called the read. That is a podcast that features two black queer hosts that just, they speak to each other. They're, they're pretty good friends and they, they have this rapport. It's a comedy podcast, but they have a timing that is just so brilliant and impeccable. I, it's just, it's number one with me for a multitude of reasons and that being one of them, but just going back into black in the garden, what I really, really was thinking and the origins of me processing like what it was going to be, especially with the co-host would be like, well, what if there was the read, but it was me and so-and-so talking about it in a gardening type of way. You know, we're talking about garden content. And uh, so that didn't work out. So I ended up doing it by myself because the conviction, the the feeling compelled, it was there no matter who was going to be with me or not be with me. So I remember just... I'm a I'm a Virgo and so that's that's relevant to me and anybody who gets what all that entails. Yes. Perfectionist. I, I'm I'm okay. a Scorpio, so I get it. Yeah. Thank you. So I am very much getting obsessed. I know it was at least six months before anything happened where I was just obsessing over figuring out the logo. Um I have a new logo now thanks to um the brilliant work of Paula Champagne who makes my Instagram look like a dream. But before then, and you can scroll back and you can see that I had my original logo, which I love because it was like a picture of myself and uh, also a picture of, you know, a black woman in a field. And like, you have to see it for it to make sense, obviously. Go look at it. But I spent a lot of time in many apps on an iPad 
coming up with fonts and all this stuff, you know, like I said, perfectionist. So I got the logo to look how I wanted it to look. In the meanwhile, uh, hyper creative mind is just coming up with all these notes and concepts and formats and just everything that I wanted to include in my podcast and voices that I wanted to hear. Of course, I have my wish list of guests and yes, Oprah is on it as well as Michelle Obama. I have to say that more so I can put it out there so that they can come, obviously. Yes. I'm sure they're on your wish list as well. I don't see why not. No, now I want them on your wish list first because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you 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 need them on your wish list first. And, and they are powerful, symbolic like yeah. icons of what it means to be a gardener, a woman, yeah. a black woman gardener. And, and yeah. Um, they, yeah, they are powerful for our whole, our whole nation, but you deserve them first, Cola. Oh, thank but you. But then t- yes. tell them that then they could come visit me maybe. I will definitely, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure that all my pot cousins get a shout out. Okay. And I call you my pot cousin because, you know, I just, I play around with the, the, theme of cousinhood. And so my audience members are my soil cousins. I love it. And yes. So you're a soil cousin as well, but as a podcaster, you're a pod cousin. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So, so let me see. I was telling you about, uh, getting started with the podcast. Yeah. So So you're like six months perseverating over the details, which are important. And and you and I know in this world, in this day and age, like to get those details right, could be the difference Mm -hmm. between people listening or not listening. Absolutely. So it just, even though all of that planning occurred, my first episode actually happened, I believe it was the evening of November 18th of 2019. I had read an article that was discussing uh, black plant people that were on Instagram. And I was like, this is brilliant. The way that it was talking about uh, black people and how there's a disconnect with nature because of uh, environmental trauma and things of that nature. I was like, wow, this is a brilliantly written article, but it is a written article. And there needs to be a voice for all of these people who are represented here. And so they they were easily in mind for, you know, guests that I wanted to have on Black in the Garden. And that reminds me, I need to go back and and get back into those uh, people Names. because I still want to invite them. Yes. <laughs> I know one of those, if I'm not mistaken, one of those voices was uh, Christopher Griffin, the plant queen, who, I mean, it's just the whole force. That's a whole other conversation. But I was thrilled to have him as a guest on uh, season two of Black in the Garden. So it's like, listen, Jennifer, the best way I can put it after it got started was after it started... It was it was always clear indications with serendipity and things as to the fact, attesting to the fact that I was doing what I was supposed to do. I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place. Kola B. Talkin is the creator and host of the Black in the Garden podcast, which resides at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. She is a millennial Black plant enthusiast and self-proclaimed plantrepreneur whose voice can be heard weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Stay with us. Okay, so thinking out loud this week from here. August is one heck of a long, hot, dry month in interior Northern California. 
Towards the end of our conversation, Cola talks about why she creates her program in seasons, in order to build in cyclical breaks, to avoid burnout and loss of perspective. August is a month in which these self-same lessons are being communicated and shared with us, loudly and clearly, from our wildlands and many of our garden plants. Late summer is a time to rest, often to set seed, and or to go dormant. Summer dormancy, much like winter dormancy, is not to be confused with laziness, or boredom, or weakness, or complacency, or silence. Think of it instead as akin to sleep, to rooting, or germinating, or growing, or gestating along in the restorative, though often invisible ways that allow us, as Cola suggests, to give from a full cup. Late summer is just such a needed dip in visible productivity, as we transition from the height of summer to preparing for the next season. Rest and make ready, friends. And when you are ready, like gardener, like garden, give again and grow from a cup of rested abundance. If you're just joining us, this is Cultivating Place. We're back now with the voice behind the Black in the Garden podcast. As we come back, Cola shares with us the story behind choosing and securing the first guest on her podcast, which she says was a clear sign from the universe that she, Cola, was doing exactly what she was meant to do. It was flowing um, as far as my first guest goes, and that goes back. Back to the serendipity, let me tell you. <clears throat> so there's an organization in Colombia called Sowing Seeds into the Midlands. And that organization exists to uh, really disrupt the, the, the uh, what is it, the school to prison pipeline. Yes. And so uh, one of the initiatives that is in place in that organization are community gardens that are specifically uh, worked intended to by teenagers. So... I come in and I have a meeting with the executive director and she's a black woman and she says, oh my God, a black woman doing horticulture? What do you mean? I have to have you. So (laughs) because you're going to make this connection that I need to make with these kids. Like I was just saying, Jennifer. So she could see that. She understood that. She had me on as her horticultural consultant. I was aware of a seed company owned by a black woman in Florida that I had ordered from earlier that year. And I was like, Hey, so let's order these seeds from my, uh, from seed mail. And that's the name of the company. And of course I'm going to shout them out because that is all a part of the theme of the, the, what is it? The representation of it Yes, That's part of the, the circle we're trying to, to, yeah. Indeed. So I said, all right, we're going to get started with the garden. Let's go ahead and get some seeds. And it just so happened that she had, uh, she did a flash sale. Her name is Stephanie, the owner, uh, who is a friend of mine to this day. So she was doing a flash sale and we literally had like until midnight and it's like Halloween and, and I'm trying to get ready for festivities that evening and everything while trying to coordinate. And we end up getting the order in on time, but 
I found out later in speaking with Stephanie that that was the largest order that she had placed up until that point. So it was just so amazing how we were, you know, as black women coming together and in horticulture related things and supporting each other. And so after we made that order, I think it was because that was, like I said, Halloween. So November 19th is when the show starts approximately three weeks later. Right. Uh, once the show gets started, I'm like, hmm, this black woman does have a seed company and we did make a nice purchase from her. I wonder if she'd be willing to talk with me more about, you know, coming on the podcast and maybe even doing some kind of affiliate type of business with helping the podcast with monetization or something. So just thinking, you know, in business terms, I reached out to her and uh, she was very receptive and she was like, yes, I, I'll come on your podcast. She had never done a show before like that. And we had a great interview and I, I, I think she calls herself the Seed Slayer, but I definitely call her the Seed Slayer. <laughs> and so she was my first guest. And listen, it was it was just amazing because it just worked out in that way. It was I didn't even know when I placed that order with her that I was going to have a podcast. Well, I knew I was going to have a podcast, but I didn't know I was going to start a few weeks later and have her be my first guest. So it's like planned, but not planned, but definitely that's how it was supposed to go. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it is crazy. Um, I know the same, you know, feeling on, on my side is like, once you start looking at one name, it leads to, or, or person, you know, engaged in this kind of work, you find 12 other names right behind it and it just grows and grows. And, and the universe does like give, give you these clear signals, like good path, good path, good path. Mm. And if it's not, you, you can hear that equally loudly, like, nope, not that way, that way. Um, and that is, that is just so great. So happy. I try to pay attention to what I call it divine timing or people call it different things, but it's like, it helps, especially in hindsight, when you look back and you see the way that things could have went versus the way that they did go. And it really helps you to like seal it. You know, it's like they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is that great gift of paying attention that we, yes. I mean, it's like, it's the metaphysical garden because these are little seeds wow. and they are growing. And if we're paying attention to how they're growing or when they need water or when they need to be pinched back or when they need to be fed, we learn wow. more about them. And this is the same thing with our ideas and our endeavors, right? Like I'm seeing that as you're talking. That's brilliant. I love a metaphysical garden. I would love to go to one of those. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you are one. We have, yeah, we, that's, we are embodying that. So <laughs> thank you for that. I'm, I'm adding that to something. I'm going to say that again in a, in a very near, near future episode for okay. sure. So thank you for that. That you are a metaphysical gardener. Um, mm. So you are now in season two. Uh, season mm-hmm. one consisted of how many episodes? I want to say it was like somewhere between 10 and 12. I should know that number, right? But it was at least 10. Okay. And then season two is underway now and you yes. are at episode what as we speak Seven. today. Okay. And yes. you and I are speaking uh, just after the summer solstice and the new moon and the uh, eclipse yesterday that we couldn't see, but the other side of the world could see. And wow. 
um, which I think is sort of, it just feels really auspicious in these exact times. Oh, thank you for bringing all that up for me. I'm behind on my astrology actually. So well, what's wow. so great about but that? I'm sorry, continue. No, no. But what's yes. so great about that is we can never actually be behind on it because it's just influencing us all the time. We just don't necessarily Jeez. have it in our conscious brain. So thankfully you're not behind and I'm not behind. We're right on time. <laughs> yes. I mean, there are I'll a couple things in our world, don't get me wrong, that are way, 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 way behind. And, and, but for this, that's not one of them. Um, I'm really aware of our time now because we're getting we're getting close to our hour and so I hate to over interview because then you have to cut out some of your favorite babies and uh-huh. I uh I so I you know but so I want you to finish up with the importance of seasons for you and um taking breaks and when we can look forward to uh season 3 starting after the end whenever that might be of season 2 talk to us about that Sure. Okay. So the importance of taking breaks, if I'm about 12 weeks in, because, you know, each episode pretty much represents a week, 12 weeks in, what is that, like three months? Yeah. So that's that's enough time to get a little tired. Yeah, that <laughs> and is. Very, yes. And there's so many hats that we wear where it's like we're booking and we are having to do a lot of things with booking because it's not always a simple, would you like to be on my show? Yes. Okay. I will talk to you at this time. Right. Never that simple. Never Linear. that simple. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. So things of, that's just one small example. There's all the other things. There's like promotion and, you know, and, and that allows me to say just a, a little bit about when I started the show, I started the show one night and I was just like, oh, I have an Instagram account. I have a logo. Zero followers. Nobody knows what's going on here. Nobody knows about this. So here I need to put on my promoter hat and really figure out how these hashtags work and all that stuff and use this social media to my advantage to promote this thing that I have. And it just it did take off very well. So I'm very grateful for that. But uh, as far as let me see, wrapping up with the seasons. So. Having to do all of those things, uh, not wanting to get burnt out, absolutely needing to take a break. And so my first break was challenging with the concept of, oh, my God, I have to, like, pause it. Like, what are people going to do? Are they going to think that I'm not coming back? They're going to think that I, you know, had that curse. What do they call it? Pod fade, where after your 10th episode, (laughs) if you can make it after that, then it's real, you know? So I was very much clearly marking, hey, this is the end of this season. I'll be back in a few weeks. And I was intentionally vague about when I was coming back because I didn't want to set an incorrect expectation. It turns out my first break happened right before the pandemic hit. So and I was grateful for that because I was like, you know what? I wouldn't have wanted to have to talk about that when it first started because we didn't even really understand what all was happening in the first place. So I was grateful for that. And so we, you know, I took a break that lasted somewhere between three and four weeks, which is which just means I didn't put out episodes for those weeks. And I was also able to make some preparations and, you know, just pay more attention to the other elements of the show that were not producing it so much. And so that happened and that went well. And so as I'm 
coming up on my 10th episode. I'm being mindful of figuring out how to wrap it up. And it allows me to really kind of like just recharge myself. And it allows me to pay more attention to the other elements of the show that allow me to develop it more and figure out all these different elements and really help it to expand and and get to be closer to the goal that I have to make it as incredible as I would see for it. Because how is Oprah going to come on a show that's like, you know, a little... That's only having two wheels when it needs to have four. So I'm just getting all the wheels together and lubed and. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. You know well, what I mean? So we can drive this thing. Yeah. And it is one of those creative endeavors. One, it is absolutely an endurance test. You know, it is, it is long haul trucking. It is, uh, you know, the garden over 10 seasons, uh, 10 years. It is. It, and to, to say you take a break um, is I'm sure sort of a misnomer because you are moving into, uh, I hope That's you know right. that that overhead thinking where you you are looking at the production and the sound and the quality and like what the cohesiveness of the guests might be or whatever you're in that bigger creative space yeah and you're still scheduling I'm, and you're still you know yes. trying to schedule so um, I think you and I already talked about this, but you know, I think very few people have a grasp of just how much work goes into a production like yours. And when it's just you on your own, it also comes back to you have to find that creative space to to think and speak creatively and tap into those deeper um, threads that we find and that you, I think, just you illustrate so beautifully in some of your you know, individual monologues before one of the episode uh, um, interviews or at the ends, this, you know, that we are learning as we go and you are modeling that learning, thinking, processing growth. Yeah. That is Thank you. Uh, what we want all of our gardeners listening or even, you know, non-gardeners to, to see so they also tap into just how incredibly multi-dimensional the word gardener is to, to us. It, it, wow. It is all of those things. It's a lot. (laughs) It is truly a lot. And I'm, I'm so glad to be able to have a conversation with you, whether we were doing a podcast together or not, just knowing that you understand what I'm dealing with. We always want to know that somebody understands, yeah, girl, you're doing a lot over there. I see you and, and I appreciate you and I value what you do. Yeah. And, and I'm saying that to you too. I know, but you have two little ones too, Cola. So um, I, I just hats off, and I, I just love what you're doing. And it's, it's a powerful uh, thing in this world to have a voice that you put out there, and then to honor and offer a forum for other voices to be heard and uh, garden ways to be seen and fully. Um, appreciated. And so just keep up the good work. And I think there are a couple of ways that listeners can support you. The first one is by subscribing and listening. What would be some of the other ways that you would like listeners to know about Cola? Hmm. Uh, let's see. That's, that's a good point. Subscribing and listening is definitely a big part of it. And anyone who's listening, who's already familiar, or once you get in there and, and you start to love it, 
Definitely leave a review. Uh, We we cannot, as podcasters, say that enough. It just makes a whole difference in the way that your show is taken seriously. Like, um, I I enjoy what I do, and I'm going to do it no matter what. But it would be dope to see my name come up, to see Black in the Garden come up on, like, a new and noteworthy list for Apple. You know, but that has to... I think there's algorithms or something concerned with that, but it definitely has something to do with getting reviews. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and not just ratings, the actual mm-hmm. review. So do the yeah. five-star rating and then write what you loved about the best, most recent uh, episode that, that you yeah. went, wow, that's so great. Absolutely. And so that that is a big one. And uh, there are two ways to support financially. Uh, I have my Patreon, which, you know, as I'm coming up on my next break and just reconfiguring everything, I'm refining that because I have a few patrons by now, but it's uh, patreon.com forward slash black in the garden. But like I said, the content that I'm getting ready to put on there is going to be very exclusive. (laughs) So that will be worth your while, but that's a way to financially support Black in the Garden and creatives in general, because that's just, that's something that I advocate for as well. Creatives are a, a large part of how our whole world operates, but they just don't get the credit in the way that they should. Um, but I have a lot of respect for creatives as a creator. So uh, even Anchor, uh, because of COVID, Anchor for about six months has uh, taken out the restrictions. Well, not restrictions, but they had fees that they imposed on any donations that you would receive from your listeners, like listener support. I believe it's a tab. Right. And they, they waived those for six months. So any donation, well, that's not the word I'm looking for. Any listener support that, you know, comes in, it goes 100% goes directly to the podcast creator. So find me on anchor FM and uh, definitely go ahead and become a, a supporter. And I think it's like four 99 a month, uh, which is, you know, that's like latte money. And, you know, in, in a world where, We are far too often, not just we as gardeners, but we as humans are far too often complicit in things we know we don't value in, you Mm. know, plastic straws and um, chemicals in the waterways and uh, loss of habitat and biodiversity uh, and uh, structural racism. This is such a small but powerful way to put our money and our mouth where our values really are and yeah. um, do it. So that's a good point. And another term for that, that I love that I came up with, like, I don't know, 12 years ago is being uncommonly rebellious. There you go. You I love can, it. You can rebel in ways that are just not normally considered rebelling, but it's like when you are supporting something that is good, that is also taking your support away from something that is not so good. Yeah. That is rebellion. Yeah. And we can do that in our gardens as well. We grow our own food. We are taking away that money that we were otherwise going to spend somewhere else. We are putting that into our garden and we're also 
just putting wholesome things into our bodies. So we win. We win. We win. And it is, uh, it is growing the world we want to live in. Amen. Thank you so much for being a guest on the program today, Cola. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. An entire pleasure. And I want to wish you love, light, and soil. That's how I always give my, my final salutation. Thank you. Cola B. Talkin is a gardener, a mother, a hyper-creative, and the voice and energy source behind the Black in the Garden podcast, based out of Columbia, South Carolina. Black in the Garden came online in November of 2019 and has since informed, entertained, and grown listeners through the more than 30 episodes, which, as she states, reside at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture in a world where all the garden fairies and most of the gnomes are white. As a millennial Black plant enthusiast and self-proclaimed plantrepreneur, Cola is a voice which confidently declares that conversations will be had on a range of topics that directly influence and impact Black plant keepers as we Blackly impact and influence the world, end quote. Join us again next week when we check in with urban beekeeper turned rural farmer, flower grower, and now mother, Megan Pasca, also known as Farmer Meg. Listen in. Cultivating Place is a listener-supported co-production of North State Public Radio. Following up on a point in my conversation with Cola... Make sure to check out the episode notes for this week's show at cultivatingplace.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter featuring thoughts, photos, and links to all the Cultivating Place programs from the last month. And you can donate in support of this podcast, which you love and which loves you right back. That's all at cultivatingplace.com. Thank you as always, for your loving and listening. Our show producer and engineer is Matt Fiddler. Original theme music is by Ma Muse, accompanied by Joe Craven and Sam Bevan. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.